Swamiji, we were discussing uh, before about emotions, and you mentioned that what we need to do is get rid of both negative and positive emotions. Some people would say that that would mean apathy or non-feeling. Uh, certainly we want to feel, so... No, you certainly don't want apathy. What you need to do, the you need to turn the negative into positive in an upward way, not in a reactive way. Not to say, well, I, I felt bad about you, but now I like you and you're, I feel good about you. The positive direction would be to say, I love the God in you. That is constant and it's impersonal. So the more you can go toward the impersonal, the less it is a reaction of an emotional type. Swamiji, what does impersonal mean to you? Impersonal means not to have your ego involved. I like you because you're a good human being and not because you just gave me a hundred dollars. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not unpersonal. It's not unpersonal, exactly. Hmm. No, you feel very... When you have impersonal love, then you don't love people for what you can get out of them. Hmm. You love unconditionally and you love everybody in the world and everything. So it's altogether different from apathy. So it really doesn't matter what they do or say it about you. It doesn't matter, you exactly. Because you, you love them anyway. You love them anyway. And I admit it's a good test when they hate you, but it's a good test. It's one that you should be grateful for when, you can, when it comes. What did you see of Yogananda in that regard? How did he respond in those situations? I always saw him equal to everybody. He loved everybody equally, he treated everybody equally, he reacted to people according to what they needed and never according to his own personal likes and dislikes. And uh, I remember one time because he had been favoring somebody and his wife began to take it as a very personal thing and there was some sort of smugness in the way she talked to him. He just looked at her calmly and didn't say anything. But he was very impersonal that way. But he loved everybody, and he saw God in everybody. So and he tried to help everybody, even those... For example, there was one disciple who betrayed him and really nearly destroyed his mission in America. And Yogananda sent him a box of mangoes every year. Every year that man would send them back unopened. And still he sent it to him. He wanted to help him, help him to overcome his, his obsession with betrayal. And he said that in another few lives he'll be free. Swamiji, so what you're saying then is that impersonal love is much deeper. Much deeper. It's the only true love. You find people pledging allegiance to it and love for each other for eternity and the next day they're at it hammer and tongs. <laughs> Swami, I'm curious, you, you said that he favored someone. What does that mean? You... He should, he was trying to encourage him. Uh-huh. Yeah. This, for those who have read my book, The New Path, was Mr. Jaycott. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Swamiji, would you mind addressing individual emotions and I'll try. and discuss? I don't know that I know anything, but I can try. Maybe you can tell us how we can work with each one of them. Okay. Uh, loneliness. Well, if you feel that God is always with you, this is why it's very good to practice the presence of God. You'll find that you become grateful for loneliness. It's not loneliness, it's a loneliness. You become happy in your thoughts, and you can go more within than if you're chattering all the time. So loneliness, if you try to find it with people, you, you, there's a, in, I think it's the sun also rises of Hemingway, where people go to parties and the next day they feel so empty. To try to fill that gap of loneliness by company and excitement and parties and so on, it never fills it. All you do is you pour water or milk in the pitcher and have a bigger hole underneath which drains it out again. Mm -hmm. So learn to be content in yourself. How can you do that? By feeling the presence of God. That's the highest way. If you don't have faith in God, then try to develop enjoyment in your own thoughts because you can entertain yourself if you use your mind intelligently. Swami, you mentioned the, the concept of practicing the presence of God. That is a little unfamiliar, I think, for some people. What would, what would you describe it as? I, well, of course, we're talking to a general audience, many of whom don't believe in God. So what do we say to them? I'd have to give that one some thought, and I can't uh, think of anything right now to satisfy them, except to say, if you're afraid of loneliness, go out to a place where you are really alone. Then you have nothing to compare it with, and you'll find after a time that you can begin to enjoy your own company. But as long as you're with people, you're always looking outward and feeling that inward emptiness. So for everybody, that can be a help. Be more alone. Don't be less alone. Be alone with your thoughts you'll find that you fill that gap, you can fill that gap, nobody else can fill it for you. But for those who believe in God, I have to say it's not enough to believe. You have to think of God in the second person. Say you, not he or she or it. <laughs> and uh, then in that thinking you, share every thought with God. Can, so that, God, I'm drinking this cup of coffee, <laughs> or, God, I don't like what he's saying, or I do like what he's saying, or what, do, what, is, what does this mean to me? What, is this, what do you want me to do about this? In countless ways, you can share your thoughts with him. I think for many people, God is such a vast, sort of fearful concept that it's hard to imagine that he would care about our own particular well, you know, lives. Yeah, but he's not only infinite, but he's infinitesimal. Hmm. Yogananda said that God is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. God is centered in you. And in fact, in matters like this, you have to go by the history of other people who have had some experience of him. Hmm. Because you can't go wandering in the desert and expect an answer unless there's somebody who can give you an answer. Mm. If you look at the history of the saints, 
They have all said that God does respond. He listens to your prayers. And uh, in listening to her, your prayers, he will answer when the need comes. I have found so many times. There was a time in uh, my life when I, was, I felt the inspiration from Divine Mother. I think of God as my Divine Mother. I don't think of this vast cosmic being. She's also my Divine Mother. And uh, I felt inspired by Divine Mother to go back to India for the first time in 10 years. And I had just enough money to get me there and stay there maybe for two months and I would come back. But I was driving my car into San Francisco two weeks before I was to leave and it threw a rod. And I realized I'd have to get a new car. And I thought, well, if I get a new car, even a new used car, then I won't have the money to go to India. And I, I just, I was sitting in a cafe with friends and restaurant. We couldn't, we couldn't talk seriously. There was no church I could go to into and meditate and so on. Finally, I got no answer at all. Finally, I had to say, Divine Mother, I don't get an answer, but my common sense tells me I know that when I come back, I'll need a car. I live up there in the mountains. So I'll buy a car, but you're going to have to reimburse me. That's the way I prayed to her. <laughs> and that Friday evening, I put uh, uh, $1,100 down, plus the 700 I got for the ruined car, made enough money at that time for a decent used car. And that was Friday evening. I put that money down and took the new car back home. Monday morning in the mail, I got a letter from somebody containing a check for $1,000 made out to me, not to Ananda. And it said, use this money. The letter note inside said, use this money as Divine Mother wants you to. So I spent 1100 I got back 1000 it gave me the chance. I, I don't know how often that happens to people. I can say it, it doesn't happen often to me. Another time, I always like to celebrate with Divine Mother when I finished a big job. And uh, I went to Carmel-by-the-Sea to celebrate the finishing of a big job, writing a course of lessons. And... Uh, I found out I didn't. I hadn't thought in advance. It was the tourist season, August. Mm -hmm. Every hotel was booked. Every motel room was booked. I finally found one, and for my pocketbook, it was too much money for me. Yeah. I thought, well, Divine Mother, I've come here to celebrate with you, <laughs> and I don't want to go to Monterey where I can be with all the traffic and everything. That's not <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> Help me out here, <laughs> and. Uh, I said, all right, I have enough money to pay for it. You're going to have to give, see that I have enough money to get home. <laughs> so I pulled out my wallet and I said, all right, I'll take that room. And the man said, well, don't pay me. I said, what do you mean? I'll just write you down as a travel agent oh. and I'll give you the room free. <sighs> I said, why? He said, I don't know, I just like you. <laughs> and that same day, I went to lunch at a restaurant and the owner of the restaurant, who I didn't know, sat down and chatted with me a while, and he gave me my lunch free. <laughs> so this is what came of celebrating with Divine Mother. I have seen many times in my life this kind of personal relationship with God. 
I think I told you the time when I had a kidneys in an attack. Mm. And uh, just as soon as I prayed, Divine Mother, if you want me to do this sermon at 11 o'clock, this is quarter to 11, you're going to have to take this pain away. I can't talk with it. I didn't like to ask her myself, but I prayed that way. Just within the space that it takes to take one breath, the pain went away. So it is that if you really believe in God, you must have more than belief. There must be faith. And that faith brings you the consciousness of his presence. What's the difference between belief and faith? You're asking a question I can't have, I don't have time to answer. Okay. So you can ask this tomorrow. Okay. Faith and belief are different. Faith is experience. Belief is like the hypothesis of science. You believe the thing is true, but you haven't yet tested it to find out. Mm. Faith is having tested and knowing. Mm.